Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, my name is Agile and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. And I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 159 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, of course, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? It wouldn't be a show without Mo. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, everybody? In this episode, we watch the new Apple TV Plus Kaiju Monster series that builds on the Godzilla mythology, discuss and debate the pros and cons of the various PC game stores and platforms, and head to the table to explore the latest crowdfunded expansion for the awesome Return to Dark Tower <laughs> board game. Mo's already laughing. Must be his. We have all those topics <laughs> and many more coming your way in this show. First, though, it is time for some fourth listener email. Uh, and this time around, it's another comment on our Gen X Grown Up podcast YouTube channel where we cross post all of our old episodes. And uh, user McLovin2007 <laughs> <laughs> dropped us a line over on the movie rental store Rewind. Uh, he watched that video and this is what he said. I remember being in a Blockbuster store where I rented GameCube games back in 2002. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I got a lot of games there that I didn't want to buy, but then you, like, you could go and rent them for like three, four bucks for a couple of days. So games that I found out were garbage or I rented them for five bucks and then found out how to go pay 60 because they were so good. So either <laughs> save you a lot or cost you a lot. One way or right. I'm just surprised that there was still a blockbuster around in 2002 exactly oh really <laughs> mclovin goes on to say i remember the clerks were talking about ideas on how to bring more people into the store uh, mm, that didn't work yeah yes i got the impression it was struggling back then netflix was founded in 1997 so after a few years blockbuster was losing money yep you nailed it, George. He could tell already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They weren't even like, streaming wasn't a thing. It was just Netflix was mailing you discs back then. Yeah. But it was so much easier. So yep. much easier. Mm. Uh, for more information, see our Netflix backtrack. Anyway, McLovin wraps it up saying, I still keep my Blockbuster card for preserving the memory of it. I actually <laughs> still have mine. Do you? I think I still got yeah. mine too. It's like a ripped ticket look and it's laminated, right? It had yeah. a laminating machine. Yeah. I don't think, Blockbuster I might have had. I definitely had a movie gallery very close to me and I had a lot of those. So I probably have one of those in an old wallet what somewhere. What do you mean you didn't have a Blockbuster? Yeah. You and I lived in the same apartment building and there was a Blockbuster 30 feet from but us. But I didn't go to that one. Yeah, I didn't. I really did But didn't. it was 30 feet from us. It was, there was <laughs> yeah, nothing it was 10, closer. It was 10 feet further than the other one. So, you know. <laughs> I guess I probably had both, but I guess in a movie gallery more recently is what I'm saying. It's, okay. Anyway, I didn't keep my cards unless they're just randomly in a wallet. So I hope I find one because it'd be nice to have. 
Uh, thank you, McLovin, for dropping us a line over on our YouTube channel for the podcast. Uh, Lister, if you would like your email featured here on the show, it is drop dead easy. You can do what McLovin did, comment over there, or you can fire off an email to podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one of them, and most of them, like McLovin's, is eventually going to make the show. All right, with that good business behind us, it's time to jump into the body of episode 159 right after this. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Fashion candy from Mego, complete with Sweetheart Compact, our price $6.97. And on sale this week, Shoppers Max Machine Nighthawk, the sound control fan, just $13.99. Coleco's head-to-head electronic sports games, one for every major sport, only $29.88 each. And as Peter Panda says, it's so nice to know that prices are low and shopping is friendly and fun. Let's get the ball rolling, talking about media we have been checking out. Now, as always, this could be music or film or comic books or TV or whatever you've been enjoying. Uh, So let's start with you, Mo. You had something you were looking forward to, or maybe I was looking forward to it and you forgot. Either way, way. we're all looking forward to this. What have you been watching? So, yeah, I'm a happy guy. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) let's just start with that right now. Y'all know I'm a big Godzilla fan. Always loved him since I was a little kid. The Mm. recent movies have been pretty awesome that they did with the Godzilla vs. Kong, Godzilla, King Mm -hmm. of Monsters, all that stuff. They, so they finally came out with a TV series about Monarch, which is the organization that was hunting all the monsters in those recent movies. Yes. Called mm-hmm. Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV. Three episodes by now have dropped. I watched all three, of course, as they came available. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. It's scratching that itch I want for this kind of show because it's actually tracing Monarch from before it was made, like before it came together, the organization to like modern mm-hmm. times and great acting in it. It's awesome because Kurt Russell is in it and his son is in it. Playing the same uh, character. Cool. It's, so it's the awesome. same character. <laughs> nice. Which is just awesome. And okay, here are the first people kind of search for the monsters, like first Godzilla and all that stuff, which is like the beginnings of Monarch, you know, but mm-hmm. what would become Monarch. And then you have modern times when like Monarch is almost like, they're almost like that secret organization that not many people know about and da da da. da and, and they're doing all this kind of sketchy kind like of stuff. Like a clandestine now. operation yeah, and an underground know. kind of deal, right? Um, and, and the modern time takes place after the movies. So Godzilla is. Oh around okay. has already destroyed okay. a bunch of stuff or at least mm-hmm. that's the way it seems mm-hmm. they haven't really said specifically but that's the way it kind of seems anyway and let me tell you it's great i mean one the acting is great in it kurt and wyatt russell i mean both of those guys in it obviously you know just are amazing kurt russell looks amazingly good <laughs> so, i mean he's considering like, his age 70 mid 70s at least i think at this point he's got to be right yeah. i just saw dolly parton in a halftime show the other like two nights ago or last mm-hmm. night or something she looks amazing at 77 so there's she something great i know there's something yeah. going on in there. the 70 year old water that i didn't get <laughs> yeah i didn't get it either apparently and they're tying it back into the movies like i don't know if you remember there's a scene in i think the godzilla the remake of godzilla where you see like an atom bomb with they have like a, a silhouette of Godzilla with a not sign painted on the side of the bomb 
like they're trying mm-hmm. to go after him and they, uh, that's in it you know so they see when that event occurs so you see why that occurred and they're doing a really good job of managing the two different time areas too which is sometimes you know some tv shows kind of get a little lost or it's a little muddled because they keep jumping back mm-hmm. and forth where this one actually seems like two very distinct kind of separate stories but they they definitely gel together and there's a common thread i have watched the first episode so far so i'm not caught up mm-hmm. you've watched the first three but so far, I think Kurt Russell doesn't even appear in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I have a comment that's only tangentially related to this series. But okay. seeing his son makes me think, man, if you want to go back and revisit any awesome Kurt Russell movie, Wyatt Russell could step in and play a younger. Like if you want a prequel to uh, Big Trouble in Little yeah. China, he's got it. He's got the squint. He's got the jaw. He's got Jawline, the attitude. Yeah. It's just it's looking like the same guy through a time machine. Yeah, very much but so. I liked his performance in this because you could already feel, as I said, Kurt Russell hasn't appeared yet for me in the first episode, mm-hmm. but I could already feel Kurt Russell's presence because his son was like, oh God, that's just him. Like his Goldie <laughs> Hawn hanging out nearby, is his wife around? Yeah. Like it just feels right. He just needs longer hair. That's a, that's yeah. a big thing, yeah. right? It doesn't have like the like the 70s wavy fro. Right. Right? He doesn't have that yet, but yeah, it, he's a good it actor. Sounds kind of like when uh, Glenn Fry's son joined the Eagles after Fry died. Oh, yeah. Similar. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm enjoying it too, Mo. I'm I'm glad that one of us was looking forward to it at least. So I knew it was coming up and I didn't (laughs) miss it. So how about you, John? Actually, what you watched is something also that we were looking forward to last week. Yeah, something else that I was really looking forward to. And I didn't even see this sneaking up until maybe a month or so ago when you mentioned it to me. I think we're at lunch somewhere. And that is the fifth season of Fargo. Now, this is the TV series that is... That won't die. <laughs> that won't die. <laughs> it shouldn't die, though. It should Just, not. Look, yeah. Now, <laughs> this thing has come back and forth how many times now? One of the three of us don't like this series. Guess which one? Hmm. <laughs> well, And no, you don't hate it. It's not that I don't like it. I don't hate you it. It's just it. like... It's all about murder, so that's a great little one-liner inside joke. The the series that won't die, but you just blow past that part and you go straight to being mad that somebody might have condescended your TV I'm not series. Mad? No, I just I want to I want to understand where you're coming from. No. <laughs> so yeah, we know that Mo and I enjoy this. I, I think George, it's not you don't like it. You just haven't watched it really. It's not your cup of tea. We've talked yeah, about before, I, right? Yeah. I think I tried to watch the movie and yeah. oh, if you can't I get just, to the movie, yeah, yeah, you're not gonna like the series. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> And that was what you guys said. So I just never invested the time. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. The series is an anthology series and not just not every episode is different, but every season is an entirely different story. Uh, kind of like was American Horror Story, I think, does that. Mm, it has a whole right. different show. Uh, And almost never the same actors, even almost entirely different cast. And it's not even like directly connected to the film. It's that each series has like some maybe some little fibers connected back to either the original movie or to one of the previous seasons or something. And Mo, you and I had talked about the fact that season four uh, just didn't do it for us. We tried to watch it again and again. I never finished it. However, season Mm. five trailer looked good. Couldn't wait to see it. First two episodes dropped. Holy shit. This show is back to form. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness, is this thing good? (laughs) It's the kind of series where you cannot wait to find out what the hell is going on. They show you as much as you need to see, but then you're like, well, how did that happen? This season, it's all about this mild-mannered housewife. Now, of course, it's up far in the north and everybody's so oh, Minnesota Dakota, right? nice, eh? They're really sweet yeah. and kind, right? It's uh, the, the young lady that played Kaylee in mm-hmm. uh, Ted Lasso is the star of this season. 
Yeah, Juno Temple. Oh, Juno Temple. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. And at first, I didn't recognize her. She is yeah. so, because she was such like a striking bombshell in Ted Lasso. And they watered her down with flat makeup to be pretty much just a run-of-the-mill housewife. Mm-hmm. And that's who you think she is until in the first episode, <laughs> she gets abducted. Or at least they try. <laughs> yeah. Oh. She's somehow able to hold her own. She still gets abducted. But then she kicks so much ass, she gets away. She saves a cop from getting killed. Where does she get all these skills? You find out she's got a background. And then she escapes the people, goes back home, and just starts making dinner. And her husband's like, what the hell? is? How'd you, where you been? What happened? There were two types of blood on the floor. How is it possible you're here? She's like, oh, that was a misunderstanding. <laughs> okay. I got questions already. Already. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah, I would too. All right. <laughs> For anybody who hasn't seen Ted Lasso, Juno Temple is 35 pounds soaking wet with a brick in her pocket. This is a small woman. Very. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I believe she's a tremendous actress. I've loved her in a lot of the different things I've seen her in, but there is no way that's believable casting from what you just described. She is not. (laughs) uh, She doesn't overpower with muscle. It's with her brain. It's with her brain. It's not brain. If she's punching anybody, it's going to feel like a feather hitting you. Well, there's no way that that's Mm. believable. Oh, that's okay. It just feels like she pours motor oil and makes you trip and bust your head you know she's pretty smart okay yeah. what are we at home alone in fargo kind now? A, little a, little bit, a little bit a little bit yeah okay. let me tell you um george if you watch this she makes it believable she she honestly she does because it's not it's not like she's running around doing karate on people it's mm. not like she's like a Mm-mm. physical john wicking kind of thing action things here she's okay. just very like she's thinking if you look at her head you see she's thinking like methodical methodical like how do i take care of this situation how do i do this how do right. i do this Just like i'm in a bad situation i'm gonna think my way through this yeah. what's what do i have at my disposal all right i got two bags of ice how can i best use those right it's like right. It's, she it's, pulls it's, it. it's it's everything you want out of fargo it's the kind yeah. of crazy shit that you're like that couldn't happen show me the next episode tell me more <laughs> it, yeah. yeah all we know is like we don't know anything really about her backstory at all at this point yeah but let me tell you i'm already in love with her character she is oh, yeah. freaking amazing and she once she pulls off the whole minnesota accent thing really mm-hmm. well like i thought for instance i was like because i keep hearing her from ted lasso you know because her voice was pretty distinctive she had a very heavy accent gone here yeah she mm-hmm. is minnesota accent totally and there was a scene and then i won't spoil it for people where she has like kind of switched from her nice persona to her i don't even call it mean but her serious one yeah where she's talking to her mother-in-law her history persona whatever yeah. got her here she has another one she's been hiding yeah and another, it another just, personality. it's like someone flipped a switch in her in her side of her when she's talking yeah. all of a sudden this the switch went off and you're like, I'm talking to a different person now. Oh, you know? a badass apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who suddenly like, you know, scared this person who's like, a, you know, a strong personality. Also like, oh yeah, okay, whatever you say. And just sort of walks away. I mean, it, I'm, this is like, I'm so happy with the way this season is starting because mm-hmm. after yeah. last season, I, I had a little question about where the show is going, but now it's, you said it's right. And John Hamm, oh man, his Amazing character. Amazing in this. Oh, is he good in this? And oh. Dave John Foley? Hamm is good in just about anything. This is true. This is true. Even yep. better. Whatever yeah. you seen him in before he's better in this he is yeah. he's better it, than he was in mad men okay now that's saying mm-hmm. a whole heck of a lot you, his his character is he's also like he comes across as the nice kind of guy his his normal demeanor kind of thing mm-hmm. he has it in this but there's this undertone of dark in him yeah in this series that you're like what well, there's there's 
just just something up with this guy too. There's layers in his performance here that I haven't yeah. seen in him before. That's a little deeper. So is he basically playing a similar character to what he did in Bad Times at the El Royale? No, not really. No, he's, no. Okay. it's much more in your face here. He, yeah, he he is an authority figure that has a dark streak in him here. So okay, all right, yeah, yeah. so. All of this to say, I, I can keep talking about it. I've only seen two episodes and it's I'm, I know how good it is already. I can't wait to see more. The important thing is like Mo and I found out, if you had given up on this show or like George, you've never watched it. Two really cool things. One, with season five, it's back better than it ever was or at least as good as it ever was. Yeah. And the second thing is you don't have to know all the baggage of the movie in previous seasons to yeah, check really out don't. season five. It's a standalone story. Maybe you'll get a couple of references if you've seen the other ones, but you don't need it. You can just watch these performances and see a really, really good crime, 100%. murder, something. Who knows show. what it is yet? I have no Who idea. Who knows what it is yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love for you to convince you, George, to check out at least the first episode of this. You might eh. like it, even just the performances, knowing what a what a stickler you are for good performances. You yeah. might like this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Speaking of George, George, what have you been checking out in media? Uh, well, so in media specifically, um, I haven't been able to watch a lot of new stuff. I've had um, some stuff come up in the personal life. We'll talk about it in a little while, but mm-hmm. I've, it's given Give me an opportunity. I, that word is weird right now in my mouth to <laughs> yeah. use it that way. Um, but it's given me an opportunity to read a little bit more um, mm. because I'm sitting waiting a lot the yeah. last mm-hmm. few weeks. And I'd always wanted to go back and read the Lee Child Jack Reacher series. Yeah, so me too. Jack Reacher, you know, Tom Cruise did the two movies. And now we've got um, Alan Richson in the Amazon Prime series that was mm-hmm. excellent. And it just so coincided that Reacher season two on Amazon Prime is coming up in December. Uh, I think yep. the 15th is when the yep. first episodes are going to release. Hmm. And Soon. I I mean, there's no point in putting in a looking forward to because I think we've all been looking forward to it since the last episode <laughs> of the first season. <laughs> since it finished, yeah. Yeah. I said, you know what? I meant to go read those things. I need something to do while I'm sitting here on my hands. So I went and grabbed the um, first book killing floor which is what that reacher first season tv series is based on mm-hmm. and i have to say normally when you see one form of an intellectual property first whatever you experience first that's the thing that's the best for you right like if you saw jurassic mm-hmm. park in the theater before you read the book you're probably a movie fan more than the book fan or vice sure. versa it's the opposite for me in this case. This book oh. is unbelievably really? good. Lee Child <laughs> is a fantastic writer. And I, I used Michael Crichton's work as an example earlier because Lee Child writes in a very similar style to okay. Michael Crichton in that his chapters are all, I don't want to say brief, but they're short. Like instead of it being one chapter with 50 pages, it's like, 10 chapters with five pages each. Okay. And so okay. it's really easy for him to move between scene to scene to scene because he doesn't have to spend so much paper to get you from point A to point okay. B. He's able to do it very concisely. Uh, he's conveying the tone. The Alan Richin, by the way, we all love him in the series. He's, mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm, tremendous. Great. The Reacher on the page is different. Oh, so okay. far, not... Not in the way that he's Tom Cruise different, but mm-hmm. he's 
He's a little bit more jovial. He talks more. Remember mm. Rich in so that stoic. series? Yeah, like, he was yeah. very quiet. Yeah, was yeah. like, didn't want to speak. Like, even the first line that he says when he's in the interview room in that first mm-hmm. scene, episode is like, uh, I don't need a lawyer. That's the first time we hear him, like, five minutes yeah. into the TV series. And the guy goes, he speaks. And he's like, when he wants to. In Killing <laughs> Floor, the Lee Child book, he's talking right away with these people. Oh, and okay. he's assessing them. You're hearing a lot of his inner monologue, which you don't get to hear in the show, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That inner monologue yeah. is really good. Really, really? good. Oh, that's Yeah. Yeah. He's like when the people pick him up at the diner mm-hmm. and he's like evaluating their tactics and he's like, okay, this guy's been a cop for a long time. This is a new guy. All this kind of stuff. It's really well laid out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Cause like after seeing not the movies, I've seen the TV series. I became right. interested in like in re- getting the books because, cause when I know people who read the books and they said, yeah, the Tom Cruise one is nothing right. at all. Like the books. It's like just the name of the characters, but much the only thing that's really <laughs> I mean, some of his mannerisms are there in the Tom Cruise mm-hmm. films. For sure, he is a confident, no yeah. frills, no nonsense kind of person. Uh, I equate the Tom Cruise character like he's kind of like a like a Disney version of Reacher almost. Okay, that makes sense. That's a good <laughs> I like that. That's, that's good yeah. way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's okay, but... So now having read this book and the new season is coming, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm curious if you have any preconceived notion of how that might impact your enjoyment of the second season. Do you think you'll see more in the character than is really on the screen? Or do you think you're going to be disappointed that it's not more like the book? Do you have any kind of uh, inclination of what that might be like for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that I'll be disappointed at all. The okay. first season in Alan Richen is tremendous, regardless of whether you were an uber fan of the books ahead of time, if you Mm -hmm. can't enjoy what that guy does with that character in that TV series, don't watch TV anymore. You're an idiot. (laughs) He's doing the right thing. You're just not going to enjoy TV ever, but (laughs) that's pretty bold. (laughs) it's It's true. It's arguably the best type of that series ever put on TV. Yeah. It's right up there. It is good. It is very good. Okay. It's really solid. Now, this next season is not based on the second book, which is what, you know, a lot of people were hoping. It's mm-hmm. actually based on the 11th book, apparently, called oh, uh, what's it? Uh, Bad Luck and Trouble. Mm, okay. So I'm not going to get to that book by the time <laughs> December 15th rolls around. You're not that fast a reader. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm definitely not. But it's it's fun to have these two entities. It reminds me of how I enjoyed Walking Dead, the comic book versus the TV series. Mm. I love both of them to this day. I still enjoy both of them. Not one better than the other. They're just different, but in mm. the same world and with a lot of similarity. So to me, the TV series just makes it easier to enjoy the book and vice versa. Mm. Well, it's rare so. that you can have like two branches of a franchise like this and you can equally, like you said, enjoy mm-hmm. both the on-screen and the written and they don't actually detract from one another. They actually kind of complement each other, it sounds like. So that's yeah, that's rare. That's If you like one, it sounds like you got to go get the other now. So I would <laughs> think that so. makes sense. <laughs> Very neat. All right, we'll be right back with some tech and toys. Don't go away. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 
Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Lancome invites you into the future of skincare with a scientific discovery. Neozom System Antiage, a daytime skin treatment that helps to recreate the structure of a young-looking skin. Neozom, not a cream or a lotion, but a system of microspheres that carry anti-aging ingredients to where your skin needs them most. Neozom, used in the daytime, makes your skin look and feel younger than you ever thought possible. Neozom, Lancome Paris. You'll find it at Bloomingdale's. I'm going to kick off Tekken Toys because my mm-hmm. Tekken Toy is not terribly exciting, but it's, it's good. It's, you know, it's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> okay. John has something I think is very cool. So I'm going to let him. Oh, kinda, oh, that part's right. You're true. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So I'm going to let you kind of, you know, take us out of the segment and everyone will forget okay. about how boring right. my segment sure. part. So, <laughs> so no. Um, so I've been doing a lot of like working with like models and 3D printing and smoothing and stuff, which you have to work with like model glue and, you know, all that stuff that just smells mm-hmm. all. Oh, out, yeah. Right? Oh. So I wanted to get a fan for my work table, you know, and I just want something small yeah. just to kind of get the air flowing so I don't die. So, <laughs> you know, that's a good you call. Know, or, you know, I figure it's a good call, right? So uh, I found one on Amazon. It's from a company called Kinzid. It's some God knows what company, but it seems like it's a knockoff on like the Dyson bladeless fans. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's small. It, it's maybe 15 inches high total. It costs 32 bucks and USB-C powered, actually, <laughs> okay. which is really convenient. And let me tell you, it works really, really well. I was surprised how much air this thing actually pushes in with no blades. I'm not sure how it works technically, like the technology behind having just an open hole that air kind of flows through by itself magically. <laughs> Uh, yep. but but it does work um it has three like you said three different speeds it's about as basic a fan as you can get like the button to turn it on you push it again to go up or down as far as speed and then you push it after four and it turns off like there's no it's not complicated it's not overly involved but it works well and for 32 bucks i was like okay it's not too bad i had a follow-up question that you've already told me you don't know the answer to but i'm gonna ask it anyway because <laughs> okay. i'm so curious i don't understand how in the hell fans like that work i've seen I, dyson fans and it's you put your hands right through the center and you're like you can feel something happening but the yeah. air stops you pull your hand out and then it's like blowing again is there I, something spinning inside of it is it spinning electrons? Is it black magic? Is there a genie inside? What's going on in there? I'm assuming but, magic. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but, but let me tell you, it, it actually, and it pushes like, it's, it's not as powerful as like a fan, like a regular fan. That's but, where I was going. Right. Yeah, the, the fact it's that not it's that doing the, whatever weird stuff it's doing, you don't have near the power of even a cheapo little, no. you know, box fan you'd get up at Walgreens. Oh, not, right? not even close. Not even close. But it's, it's dead quiet and mm-hmm. it does push like, it, it does just what I need. It pushes like air mm-hmm. so I get mm-hmm. nice air flow across my workspace yep. and stuff so it definitely works and i can see how maybe a large this is a slice it's only 15 inches high it's, it's kind of small and you know easily yeah, fits on your desk it. you know right. but let me tell you it's like the bigger ones i mean i imagine they work better i guess but again how <laughs> they sure. work i, I, I uh, you know uh, whatever <laughs> i gotta look I it just, up i gotta figure it, I, I gotta i'm not that. sure how planes fly either it's just i just assume it works. <laughs> <Right>. that shouldn't <laughs> right. work either yeah something that big should get off the ground yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just going with it so <laughs> that's a good call. so again okay so that's why i had not terribly exciting but john but you have yes this is cool stuff okay so in 1977 or thereabouts <laughs> oh my god how far back can go <laughs> <laughs> all three of us along with the vast majority of fun-loving kids growing up got their hands on an atari video computer system we've talked yes, about absolutely. it many 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 times 
The Atari VCS later renamed the 2600 in the early 80s. I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it is the most recognizable and iconic video game console oh, ever that released. That being said, it hasn't been produced for over 30 years. And there's a booming market for people recapping and fixing and putting mods on consoles. So you can get an HDMI out My or whatever, yeah. because Wireless when you get an old console, the first problem is now I got a TV tuner box. How do I plug that into my new TV? Don't have that. Well, among the amazing things that Atari, the corporation, has been doing over the last few years, the latest one is the release of, or I should say the re-release of the Atari 2600 called the 2600 Plus. Mm. And as you read this, you can go and watch my full review over on YouTube. Just got it in my hands and I've been working for the last few days on this review. Vital statistics first. It's pretty much like it looks like an Atari 2600 you would know. It's about 80% the size, but it has HDMI out, nothing loaded on it. It plays regular Atari cartridges. So if you have a stack of old cartridges laying in your closet or you pick something up from the used game store just to have on your shelf because it looked great because you love Mega Mania, now you have a box you can plug this in and play it. Not only did they reproduce the console, remember the CX40 joystick? They re-released yeah. that, the CX40 Plus joystick. <laughs> if you put that guy in a lineup with three other joysticks from 30 years ago, other than it looking brand new, you'd have a hard time recognizing it was a different joystick. Really? That close? They huh? didn't like make it a USB-C or something. It plugs right in that nine pin plug on the back of the box. And they did the paddles. The CX-30s have a CX-30 plus. So you're playing Breakout, you're playing Kaboom, things like that. Mm -hmm. I just finished the review for this. And one of the most notable things, two big problems, I will say, that people have considered when they look at this, it's not just the chipset of the 2600 in a new box. They're actually using software emulation to emulate these cartridges. So when you plug it in, it actually rips the data off the cartridge, feeds it to an internal iteration of Stella, and then plays the game for you. Oh, That mm. means that some games that use weird tomfoolery and chicanery to make games work, like bank switching, a lot of things that, mm -hmm. like Galagon, George, that amazing Galaga uh -huh. game, right? That uses really advanced techniques that require reading from the cartridge repeatedly. You can't do that. Certainly not yet you can't do that on the 2600 plus. So the real shortfall of this is that modern things people have been doing in the last, say, five or 10 years use techniques that don't allow you to play it on this console yet. Now, Atari has said on Atari Age, where they recently purchased that forum, they're going to work on it in forthcoming firmware revisions. But if what you want to play is the standard joystick and paddle games that you remember from 20, 30 years ago mm -hmm. for, I think it's like 120, $130, something like that. Somewhere in there, yeah. It is, I got all of the emotions I did playing my 2600, playing this console. I know the problems, and in the review, I go and I turn off my emotions and talk about the real reality of it, but none of that takes away from the fact that what Atari has done here is something that any Atari fan that remembers playing the 2600 would enjoy picking this up and playing it again. Okay, so the Game Station Pro, I have to ask about that, because mm -hmm. yep. that recently came out. It yep. does a similar with a nicer, newer wireless controllers, all that fun stuff. So was, is this something for somebody who's really just kind of like almost like a purist that just wants that original feel, you know, as opposed to getting the Game Station Pro, you know? I thought that uh, before yeah. I got my hands on the 2600 Plus. And I will say that those two consoles are for 
I used to think they were for very different people. Now I'm realizing it's for two sides of a coin that every person has. The GameStation Pro that we've talked about here on the show oh, yeah. has hundreds of games on it. You can add thousands of games via SD and you can play them very easily connected HDMI. Awesome. What you don't get there and that I didn't know I was missing was having to sit too close to the console, having to dig through a pile of cartridges like they're Legos and they make that noise, that clickety clackety <laughs> noise. The fact that I have to reach over and push reset on the console, all that stuff. Remember I talk about how close can you get these toys to arcade games? This is that before the 2600. This is doing things like Replicate does for arcade for your 2600 games, something that I had not experienced in 20 plus years or since the last time I played my real 2600, I guess I'll say. Cool. I'm curious, you talked Mm. earlier about how the system works. You put the cartridge in, it rips the data, it sends it Mm -hmm. over to Stella. Yeah. Atari, arguably, is the company that owns Atari. Yep. Why complicate matters by going the emulation route? You (laughs) own the chips. Why not just build the system with the (laughs) chips? And if you want to, also then include something that does the modern things like Mm -hmm. the Galagon or whatever. Yep. It just seems like maybe, maybe they didn't go back to their roots enough like they just like, okay, we want to call it the 2600, put it in a nice shape and everything, but we're going to stick a Raspberry Pi and Stella in the middle of this thing because it's cheap, quick, and easy. I agree mm-hmm. with you so much. Question. And the cost that you have is like some things just don't work yet. For example, I tried to play Star Raiders. You know what doesn't work? That keypad where you turn on your shield right. to go to hyperspace. Well, it comes with paddles. I'm like, great. I can't wait to play Indy 500. The driving controllers, the oh, yeah, full yeah. 360 with no stop, mm-hmm. they don't work. So it works with, like I said, the most basic joystick and paddle games are out there. Like, for example, now we can plug in HDMI and play four-player Warlords. Totally supported now because they're paddles and it's Warlords. That's all cool. It's all the cool things that you do in addition to the basic stuff the console did, they didn't get. I wish they had gone the route of real hardware. Just make the chips again. Just make them. And then everything works. That's the downside to this. For all the nostalgia it brought me, there was frustration with the things that were so close but missed it by that much. You know, just so close and then failed. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at is it doesn't seem like making those chips would have been cost prohibitive to I would put the system not. out at the price they yeah, are selling just, it at. Yeah. I mean, it seems mm-hmm. like somebody somewhere has got in a drawer a schematic of the chip. Yep. Like, oh, here so. it is, you know, in an old manila file or whatever. Oh, yeah. Pull it out and just start redoing these chips. If you want to make improvements, I'm all for that. That's what we Mm -hmm. all want. Hey, here's all the original chips. And now we put an HDMI controller on the board with it and everything goes out. I I thought that's what they were going to be doing. You could probably repurpose those chips onto a single IC, a single integrated circuit, have all that logic. So now you don't have to make, you know, the TIA chip and all the different chips Mm -hmm. and everything. Just have it all on a little board and then sell that to third parties that want to make other gadgets, you know, rather than do what everybody else is doing do your own thing. They kind of did what everyone else was doing, but putting it in the nostalgic package and remaking the hardware. So yeah. check out my review. As you as you can hear in my voice in our discussion, it's not perfect. It's cool. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> that has and how they support it going forward with firmware, because it is firmware flashable, is going to really be the proof in the pudding. If they continue to improve upon it and make things that don't work work, maybe, and, and improvements, like you said, George, maybe there's more coming we don't know about. Maybe there's stuff right. they're going to do. I'd even mention it also plays 7,800 games. That's really really cool. Nice being able to do that. Uh, so 2,600 plus plenty of clicks down in the show notes for you, uh, both where to buy it at Amazon, my full video review, all of that is down there. 
if you're an Atari fan, you at least got to pay attention to this and find out if it's for you, because otherwise you might miss out on something that you're really going to love. So check it out. Okay. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Burdix and Fisher team up to present exciting sights and sounds. A special savings event going on now at the Burdix showroom near you. Look for this insert in your newspaper this week for the dozens and dozens of Fisher stereo and video deals from Burdix like this. Fisher Go Anywhere AM FM cassette deck with detachable speakers, $79. Burdix has the big sounds with this complete Fisher component system, $499 while they last. See it all with this Fisher VCR with wireless remote, just $338 this week during Burdick's exciting sights and sounds sale at all five Monterey Bay Area locations. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Ah, come time to the favorite part of the podcast, and that's because it's my segment. Everybody <laughs> loves my segment more than the other segments, and we're going to talk about wow. games because it's my segment. So there we go. All right. By me. Because we do, and because John <laughs> couldn't stop talking from the last segment, we're going to let him go first this time and keep talking about something that is related <laughs> to his Atari 2600 Plus that he's so proud of that Mo and I don't have, which is bullshit, by the way. Yeah, I mean, how we didn't get one, I don't get Yeah, it. thank you. I didn't think about that. Anyway, good. <laughs> I'm happy to keep talking about it. I don't care if you guys don't have it. There's plenty to say. In the reviewer bundle that I got, uh, and I didn't talk about in the review, this will be a separate video. You'll remember a few months ago, even before the announcement of the 2600 Plus, they're like, brand new game coming for the 2600. First one in years. Well, first one from Atari in years called Mr. Run and Jump. Now, it was also released at the time on like PlayStation and PC and Xbox and things like that, but it was a much more stylized and modern version. It was programmed first for the 2600, as I understand, and then, oddly, then ported to the modern consoles. But I've not been playing the old ones because I've been waiting to get my pre-order of Mr. Run and Jump. Well, serendipitously, in my reviewer bundle that I got, they included a copy of this game. So what is this game? This is absolutely a throwback to old Atari VCS games. But it also has a kernel of modern sensibilities. I'll tell you what I mean. In every Atari game you ever played, if it has a score, what happens if you shoot the bad guy? Your score increases by X amount of points. Right? Sure. Okay. Now with Mr. Run and Jump, with Mr. Run and Jump, you start with the maximum points, 25,000 points. You have a little dog that runs off and you have to chase your dog. And each screen, you have to navigate. You have to jump over things, not get hit, dodge stuff, you know, make it through the screen. It's a little, you know, like a, a parkour, obstacle course thing for your little run and jump guy. Every time you die, you lose 100 points. Every second you play, you lose a point. Oh, so your score is constantly going down. Constantly going down. Constantly going down. So this is 
is a 2600 game in spirit and visuals and sound, but it's designed for the speedrunning community to see just how many seconds they can shave, uh-huh. how many shortcuts that they can take. So there's a reason to play this again and again. It's finite. It has an end. You can get to the finish and you'll get a final score. You'll save the dog. So for me, first, a brand new game for the Atari. I haven't seen outside of homebrews and stuff, not an official right. one in decades. That was awesome. And now I can't wait to do a live stream where I'm like, okay, I'm going to play all the way through this and see what the game has to offer because there are incremental levels, but it's an Atari game. How big can it be? Probably could finish yeah. it on a live stream. Maybe you think, I, I suppose. I hope so. Yeah. And then how good is my score? Is a good score in the 10,000s, 20,000s, 500? How many points you're going to end up with? It depends on how many times you replay it and how well you learn the maps and shortcuts, maybe. Who knows? So it's like a big efficiency kind of thing. Like you're trying to maximize. I think everything. like any speed running game is yeah. like any speed running game is. So I probably spent an hour or two with this game enough to understand what it has to offer. What I have not, I was not able to yet dive into the how fast can you do it route or the let's completely finish it route. I'm actually going to save that so I can do that together with our friends over on YouTube and see what this game is like in front of them. And I want to discover it right along with them because it's 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 something new and fresh that we don't get very often. That's a new game for your Atari. Does it seem, I, mean, I know you're early in the game, you just like touched mm-hmm. it, but does it seem like it has things in it? Like, oh, since I've kind of memorized parts, like I know if I do blah, 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 I'll be, it'll be more efficient. That kind of like, do you see that kind of like feel to it? You know what I mean? Yes, I think so. I think it's not randomized. Okay. From what I've played so far, I feel like if you can learn what the screens look like and like always jump as you're entering this screen or always wait on this guy or whatever, I think if you played it 10 times in a row, it'd be the same game. It's how you react to it is going to change it is all. Gotcha. So you have the ability to just basically learn the game, get good at it, you know, learn where they're spawning weapons like you would do in a modern game, right? You could learn how to get good at it and probably make it a speed running challenge. I don't know if people are doing it already, haven't searched. I'd be stunned if nobody's tried it yet. So I'm sure on Reddit <laughs> there's probably a whole thing for yeah, this already, right? There's gotta be. There's gotta be. Yeah. All right. So that's that's what I'm looking at. It's still part of my 2600 plus. Sorry I'm Atari heavy, but I'm just I'm always Atari. Oh, actually, one other question. Is this a cartridge? It has to be. The 2600 plus only plays cartridges. That's right. 2600 plus is only cartridges. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. all you got. You got to nice. play it that way. Yeah. Okay. So you're limited. So ain't nobody sending you a ROM, Mo. You're going to have to get the cartridge <laughs> to play on a console. That's that's oh, more old right. school to it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's what I'm heavy into. Checking that out. Mo, what about you? What have you been playing? Oh, man. Um. So, you know, I had major. <laughs> oh, what's, what's, what do the kids call it these days? FOMO? Uh, FOMO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you guys got the Return to Dark Tower when first kickstart started like a couple years back mm-hmm. i missed out yeah that's i was gonna say that's not fomo because fomo is fear of missing out you that's actually just, just missed out. the fuck right. out you chose to miss mo. out here's <laughs> just, just chomo chomo <laughs> <laughs> so they did a second run with some new expansion um i jumped all over that because i was not gonna do mm. the same mistake twice <laughs> uh got it all in a few weeks ago and so they added basically there was an alliance expansion now there's a new expansion called Covenant. um and one thing is my kids are not completely hooked on this nope, game. That's obvious. That's easy. This is, we're, we're doing this a day after Thanksgiving. And after Thanksgiving dinner, my daughter's like, turn to Dark Tower? <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I was like, twist my arm. 
let's get let's clear the table you know this is the second big expansion i guess i would call mm-hmm. it that actually changes the rules of the game and one thing i'll say is make sure you definitely understand the first two expansion rules really okay. well <laughs> before you go into this because like playing like katan or something like that where you get to the expansions you know you, you really want to make sure you understand the basics because they keep adding layers and adding mm-hmm. layers and sure, adding layers. Point. this new expansion adds a bunch of layers uh it adds four more characters that you can play so you got four different people mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Each one it adds magic into it. Oh, there's wands which you have to charge, and you expel charges to use them. Um, and it replaces some of your buildings that you have on the map because oh with, really yeah with monuments they're called. And the each one of those also now has some special things that go along with it. Hmm. But like always, it all runs off my iPad or computer, or whatever you're running the game from, and it baby steps you through it. You know what I mean? Like it it <laughs> it. It takes a lot of that grudge work of trying to exactly remember because it tells you, hey, you got to do X, Y, Z. You got to do this or put this here or do this. Uh, but it has things as example, one of the new rules, like one of the monuments, it's basically built like a, a tube almost. Any skulls that go in there never come out. <laughs> Oh, like you can't remove them with you one of your other powers or no stuff, matter what, you cannot remove yeah. them. So, and you know, one of the ways you can lose the game is to run out of skulls. Mm. So, you know, so that adds like another layer. Um, they added black skulls, which mm. you cannot remove. So if you hit a anywhere. black skull mm. on your money, you can't t- you can't get rid of it. It's always going to be there. And <sighs> again, they, they just added some new, and again, I, it's, they, you can see that they play tested this a lot. You know what I mean? Because mm. it, it just works well. You know, once you <laughs> kind of get into it and understand it, you know, they like, oh, this all makes perfect sense and the game just kind of flows but we've been having a blast playing this thing and the games do take a long time to play they do yeah they can't well unless you lose early in which case right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> now i think all three of this got this expansion i've not had a chance to play it yet uh we'll see if george has or not but the first question that i have is i think i've never actually explored the first expansion oh okay okay do you pick one expansion or the other or can you apply them both at the same play time both. or play both you can play them both so you can add everything you've got in the dark tower it's universe one game all the one giant game holy oh, crap oh yeah that's why i say you want to take baby steps <laughs> and are you doing that or are you just just using the one expansion so far how are you playing uh we're going to whole hog i mean we well we whole did hog. play it we did the, we did basic alliance and now we're yep. confident as added on top of that wow it, it does add a lot it's a lot to think about when you're playing the mm-hmm. game, to be quite honest. Yeah. It is a lot because the guilds from the second expansion, all this is a lot more to think about. But mm. it, it, I don't know, like it's um, we were playing last night and um, when the people playing, he had like just the way his guild and his character just by luck, like they just bet off each other. So his thing was mm. like super powered. But at the end of it, we're like, yeah, go kill the big guy. We'll, we'll just stand <laughs> back and watch. But it worked out well. I mean, but things that we all did support him still, like it's still it was a team effort to, to beat the game. So gotcha. OK, so, yeah, but. But definitely you can, you can do all of them. So I haven't played the latest expansion either, like John. Um, I played the first game and the sec- the first expansion. Okay. I haven't played this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was curious because a lot of the play testers and a lot of people online were talking about how the the application, the one that you use on your Android device mm-hmm. or your iOS device, whichever you have, that works with the game, tells you when the rounds are starting and over mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what events happen and when you're exploring a dungeon or something like that. Right. A lot of people were complaining that they were having a lot of problems with the application, that there were glitches in it, that there were typos, that there were uh, things that would happen that would not control the tower properly. Now, I know that the company was working on a lot of that stuff, but did you experience anything in your first playthrough when you first got it? Because you got yours 
I think about a week or so before I got mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, not so far. It, okay. So far, so right. it, the, the app's running fine. The only we did have a problem with the tower because somebody accidentally opened the tower when they were supposed to, and skulls came out. And we tried to shove them back in oh. there, and that's not oh. a thing you do. Don't oh. do that. Yeah. Just for for future reference, don't do that. Oh yeah, that that's just a, that's just a player problem. That's not an app problem. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> but that, yeah, and once we once we fixed it, then it was fine. But yeah, we haven't. I haven't had any issues like that so far. But I, you know, hmm. fingers crossed. Maybe we just okay. have to play a scenario where that comes up. Maybe because cool. there are like okay. a, you know a bunch of different scenarios and everything else with this. So all right, sounds like we all need to get together and play some Dark Tower and have Mo yeah. teach us how to play the expansion because I don't know how to do it yet. Right? So. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> the first, even playing just the first expansion is fun. Let me tell you. But this mm-hmm. one just oh, yeah. adds like a whole other box that you got to carry with you. So it's awesome. That's the point. That's why you get an expansion. It adds a whole new life to a game that maybe you had kind of gotten used to and familiar with mm-hmm. and throw some new monkey wrenches in there. That, that tells me they did something right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. So how about you, George? What do you got for us this time? Since this is your segment. Right, yeah, the best this one. Is my segment. Segment. We, we finally got one. to me. You know, that's good. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, I don't have a game that I've been playing for obvious reasons. I've been uh, dealing with family issues, uh, like I had said earlier. But what I did want to do is something that I thought about doing in the last regular episode, but Alan Wake 2 came out, so that nixed <laughs> that, that right away. Absolutely yeah. totally trumped it. Um, yeah. But it was the way that Alan Wake 2 did come out that kind of had this idea in my head. I wanted to talk a little bit about PC gaming platforms just for a little while. And when we talk about that, most people, when you talk about gaming platforms, they talk about Xbox or PlayStation or mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch or something like that. Um, but PCs are unique. They're their own platform. But what they're unique in is that they have multiple systems supporting the gaming that an Xbox doesn't or a Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch doesn't or that a PlayStation does. All of those have the games that you buy for them and that's it. However you acquire the games whether it be on a disc or download or whatever, you're just playing the games for that particular device. With PCs, because the PC is very uh, like expandable and you can do a lot of different things with it, they have a lot of different companies that have their own systems that can install on your PC, especially Windows. Now, Mac, I don't know because I don't have a Mac, but I'm assuming that they don't exclude that group from the Mm. market. But we're talking about things like Steam is the big one. That's the one Mm -hmm. everybody Mm -hmm. knows, right? Right. But then there's also Epic and Mm -hmm. there's EA and there's GOG, which used to stand for Grand Old Games or something like that back Mm -hmm. in the day when it first came out. And Ubisoft is another one, right? They have their own platform, I think. Ubisoft, yeah. There's there's so many of them. Like, There's no way we're going to list them all in this little Mm -hmm. quick discussion. But I'm just wondering... Do people find those multitudes of platforms confusing because Mm. Alan Wake 2 only came out in Epic, Mm. didn't come out in anything else? It was Mm -hmm. like a platform exclusive title, right? Right. So if that only came out in one one system, but people are used to being able to get 90% of their stuff on Steam on PC, did some people miss out? And like, how do I buy it? And oh, it's on this other thing I have to now install on my PC. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, like, are these companies that have produced their own platforms to put out their own games and make their direct to consumer purchase profit happen. (laughs) Is it too confusing for PC gamers? And is that why people tend to go with Xbox or PlayStation or switch? Because I still love playing on the PC and I have all of these platforms installed on Mm -hmm. my PC because I find, 
I get the most bang for my buck here. Absolutely. Most bang for your buck. And I think that's for people that aren't afraid of not having their hand held and saying, here are the games, here's the disc, or here's the download. That's all you have to worry about. Uh, certainly when I talk to people about, well, you know, you could get that same game for less over on PC. And they're like, yeah, but it's a hassle. So I think you're onto <laughs> something there. I don't think people necessarily miss out on the releases just because it's usually released everywhere else at the same time. You're like, oh, it's on Xbox and PlayStation and PC. But then right. when you go to PC and it's not on, oh, I, I use Epic, it's not there. You got to go look where it is. So there certainly mm -hmm. is a problem. Problem here. You almost need like a just watch system, you know, the system where uh, where can right. I find where can I stream shows, which which service? Right. It's almost like these game platforms, these stores are services that take a slice of pie of the PC game universe. Sometimes they all have the same flavored pie. But as you said, some of them are exclusive. They find a way to maximize their profits. Now, those will, I find those eventually will be released everywhere. They're like exclusive for the first year and then you'll see it on Steam or something. But if you want to play it day well, one, you're stuck. Yeah. And like, I don't mean to say that like Alan Wake in this specific example is only on the PC and only in Epic Store. Mm -hmm. It's just, okay, yeah. it's available yeah. on PS5, Xbox Series, yep. so on mm -hmm. and so forth. It's just that it, if you're playing it on PC, you can only get it through Epic. I and the it. reason why I was bringing yep. it up, there's another game that I used to want to play and kind of half enjoyed that was <laughs> in two different platforms. Yeah on the PC. It was both in Steam and in Epic, and it was the DRL simulator game. Yep, so it was yep. like if you wanted to learn the how to play thing. drones and drone oh, right, racing yeah. league. But on the Steam store, I could never get it to load, let alone play. I remember but in the talking Epic about store, yeah, yeah. it played yeah, yeah. first button click, <laughs> it played like a dream. So that's why, you know, like, I wonder sometimes if somebody goes to Steam because that's the default, and they miss out on a good game or an enjoyable experience because it's a little bit more complicated. It's like people shopping at Amazon and not knowing it's more expensive there, right? <laughs> Same idea. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, I mostly stick with Steam and Epic. Those are my two big ones. Mm -hmm. There was yeah. one that was trying to do a consolidation. I think it was GOG. Was, was that, that the was one that, that was Galaxy. To... But it was oh, just Galaxy. a front end yeah. that was, was launched end, from it, those. Right. Yeah. But it pulls all these together. Mm -hmm. And also some of these platforms that you're talking about, though, are kind of like almost like sub platforms. I hate this. I'm not sure what the right word is like, like EA games. You could buy them on Steam, but when you launch from Steam. It launches the EA platform. Right. Oh, right. They're like piggybacking. Yeah. That's yeah. true, too. Which yeah. to me is just annoying because now you got to log in to like three places just to play <laughs> one game. Which you're is right. Just annoying yeah. as all hell. But yeah, I mean, so I find that like if you stick with like Steam and Epic, the odds are you'll find pretty much whatever. Right. Because those are the two probably. biggest ones, I think, probably yeah. right now. But yeah. uh, I do agree because Steam was like the Mac Daddy mm -hmm. PC platform for decades. You know, literally. It still right? is. Yeah, it yeah. still is. I think Steam, though, got a little lazy. Actually, I don't think you're wrong because their, inter their interface has not been updated in God knows how long. Mm -hmm. um, it just seems like they're just like behind the curve and that kind of opened the door for things like Epic to come in and, you know, do stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'd say less than they got lazy, more that they split their attention too far. Don't forget mm. Steam not only does the software stuff with a platform and everything else on your PC, they've got the Steam Deck and they've had these controllers out. Oh, yeah. And they've tried yeah. to do all these different things. And, and remember, Valve. Steam was yeah. born out of Valve, That's right. the mm -hmm. Half-Life company Half -Life originally. Company. Yeah. Yep. So they have put their fingers out in so many pies that it's almost like they forgot which one was their best flavor. <laughs> and it's a good analogy. I yeah. I like Steam. I still play 99% of my games on Steam because it's the platform with the most games in my humble bundle stuff all has steam mm -hmm. keys yeah pretty much but you're right mo like epic is is quickly one of my favorites because they give you a free game every week or two yeah, yeah. And good games too and yeah and they're good games 
it's just it i can see it being a barrier of entry for somebody who would be interested in pc gaming as opposed to okay well i've got a nintendo switch here i can just throw a little you're right card in it or download and go play and have fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it almost kind of parallels the evolution of PCs. Remember when we would build our own PCs because we could save money doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get your own parts. And then lately, you don't save any money just buying one fully built. I think we've all bought our most recent PCs all built because yeah. mm-hmm. we knew what parts were in it and it worked and we could get a good deal and it wasn't, and it was no less hassle was another part yeah. of it. And I think PC gaming, for me at least, started that way. I was willing to put up with, where is it again? Because often I could find it for pennies on the dollar compared to consoles. You can go to isthereanydeal.com or one of those kind of stores or Humble Bundle, as you mentioned, and get a game that people are paying 60, 70 bucks for, for $5, $10. And so you deal with the hassle to save the money. The problem is the money saving stayed, but the hassle has grown so much that that's, I think the, the value proposition has now interrupted that money saving thing. And people are just, yeah, I know I can save money, but I would rather it just work and make it easy. So yeah. probably the PC platforms have shot themselves in the foot, shattering the way they have in the different pieces because they've made it less likely you'll go there probably. Yeah. yeah. But that's why I wanted to talk about it because I thought it was an interesting discussion and it certainly it directly relates to games. So, you know, yeah, it, I, it definitely maybe does. some people out there when they're listening to this, they'll write in and mm-hmm. tell us their experiences because I know it's super easy. My son jumps on all the time with his, you know, with their Xbox or whatever, and they play mm-hmm. with their friends. But they're younger, so they also do the same thing with their PC games, and they play a lot through that. And I don't know if my generation, I know we're the most adaptable generation because of when we grew up and how we grew up, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I may be outliving that adaptableness at this point. <laughs> as they make it more complex. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually, simpler is better as I get older. There you go, Mo. Simpler is better. Amen. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. I've never seen 10,000 tapes in one store. There's so much kid stuff. And I can keep them for three evenings. Now this is a video store. Ordinary video stores don't even come close to Blockbuster Video. You've just got to see it to know what we mean. Wow. 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 What a difference. Blockbuster Video. Come discover the Blockbuster difference. Wow. 
Now, before we get out of this show, you know, of course, we're going to take just a few minutes to talk about the things we're looking at right now or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And George, I want to start with you. You've alluded to it several times. You've been embroiled Mm -hmm. in some family stuff. So why don't you start, talk to us about what you're looking forward to? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a heavy subject for our podcast. We normally keep things light and happy and, you know, we stay away from controversial subjects a lot of times. The most Mm -hmm. controversial is just when is George going to come? cuss or cuss less. Yeah. Maybe never a podcast. (laughs) Um, Stay tuned. Any moment now. (laughs) Right. Uh, But uh, a couple of weeks ago now, as we're recording this, um, actually two weeks to the day, um, because Mm. we were recording our last podcast when it really hit, Mm -hmm. uh, my wife had a massive stroke. Um, For those um, who have heard the term, but are like me, don't really understand what it meant. Like I knew you got paralysis and you can die and stuff like that, but I didn't know what strokes really were. Strokes specifically deal with blood flow in the brain, either the absence of blood flow or the excess of blood flow. And in mm. my wife's case, it was the latter, which is actually the worst type of stroke you can have. 90% of the strokes out there are the ones where a blood clot hits and stops blood from getting to a part of the brain. And, Mm. you know, and it's still deadly. It can still kill you. Don't get me wrong. The type my wife had was um, a hemorrhagic stroke is what they call it. Uh, She has had a bleed in the worst area of her brain that you could probably have it in. She has it in the brainstem called the pons region, which is right where the brain and the spinal cord meet. And I normally, I'm, I won't take a lot of time with this segment, but I'm going to because it's my wife. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, of course. She's she's gone through it. We've been in the hospital um, for the two weeks now. I just got word uh, about an hour before we re- started recording this podcast that she is going to get moved to the rehab facility tomorrow. She's been steadily progressing from intensive care to intermediate care. Today they put her in a regular hospital room, so she's medically getting better but Mm. the stroke itself is so devastating she still slurs her words very terribly right now her the right side of her body is mostly paralyzed i mean she can move her fingers and toes and stuff but she has no strength in them she can't lift her arm can't lift her leg really Mm. um it's it's difficult and um Fortunately, the three of us that are in this podcast have not run into these situations yet until this one, I think. Uh, John, I know your wife has had some medical things in the past, but Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. fortunately this level. Not so systemic. Right, right. Yeah. Um, And it it just kind of reiterates the fact that Generation X is certainly at the stage where these things are going to become more common. Um, As I talked about this situation on our Discord server, genxgrownup.com slash Discord, um, we had a lot of people responding back to me talking about how they went through similar things and what Mm -hmm. they did in their situations because there's a lot of struggles with, with this situation, even if the incident, in this case, a stroke, doesn't kill the person instantly, which is horribly devastating. I don't even want to think about it. Mm -hmm. Just 
making decisions like, okay, do I need to continually stay overnight in the hospital room with my wife? Mm -hmm. I did that for like a week and a half. I never left the hospital. Um, But then you start to recognize this is making it so that I'm not making good decisions. I'm more agitated. I'm more irritated. I can't be the best person for her. Uh, So we had as much of a discussion about it as we could. And she said, no, go home and sleep in the bed. It'll Mm -hmm. be fine with me. And I, I was still, I'm still to this day, I'm guilty as shit that I'm here right now recording this podcast, feeling like, how can I have any joy when she's dealing with this in another part of my city? Um, It's tough. It's tough. But that's what I'm most looking forward to is her recovery. It's going to be months. It might be up to a year. Uh, One doctor said that you could see significant um, in like significant recovery, even up to two years from the date of the thing. Hmm. Um, So she's strong willed. She's um, she's determined every time she does her physical therapy. She like they say, do you want to sit and take a break? Nope. She wants to keep going. So she's (laughs) tough and she's always been that way. Oh, we knew that about Um, Grace. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's, it's tough for the family. Um, trying to trying to take over the tasks that she handled for the family that's stuff that you don't think about but yeah. it's got to be done bills got to be paid food's got to be bought you know yeah. it's it it's 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 a lot, but, um, I just wanted to say that I'm looking forward to that and that I greatly appreciate everybody in the Gen X growing up community for, uh, for stepping up. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this. I don't think I mentioned it, but, uh, one of our, um, big fans, fat Tony, mm-hmm. uh, sent us flowers day one. Um, like, I don't know how he got my address. I'm sure, you know, it's not <laughs> like I hide it or anything, but, and Tony, I greatly appreciate it. My wife loves the flowers. She's been looking at them every day. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, if you're in this generation, I know some people listen or not, but if you're in this generation, just prepare yourself. This kind of stuff is coming Oh yeah, and it's part of what we have to deal with as we get older. Uh, try to stay strong, try to rely upon uh, your friends and your uh, family as much as you can. Don't try to do it alone because mm-hmm. that's a recipe for disaster as I've found out. Yeah. Uh, we created a channel in our discord server, uh, tough times, best wishes, I think right. I called yeah, it yeah. or something like yeah. that. So it's a safe space. If you've got problems or you've got things you want to talk about, jump on our discord server. You mm-hmm. can talk there. People will be supportive. If they're not, I will kick them the yeah. fuck out. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, you know, yeah, that that's pretty much all I can think to yeah. say. Just I'll say that it doesn't surprise me how supportive the community around Gen X Grown Up has been, but yeah. then it also has. You know, in a way like I knew they were warm, kind people that reach out to mm-hmm. us, but they're not fair weather friends, right? They're right in there no, saying, no. "How can I work with you and help you and support you?" And just it's just good vibes, right? So yeah, and I can't even mention all of the ones I've got. It's so like, many. I know yeah. I mentioned Tony's name, and I'm not trying to slight anybody. There, oh, yeah, everybody has reached oh, yeah. out in private oh, messages sure. and everything. offering support and help and whatever they can do. It's, it's been tremendous. It's, it's been one of those things that we talk about all the time, keeps fuel in the tank. This has kept fuel in this tank for me. So (laughs) that's excellent. I see George though. You're, you're doing the right thing though, George. I mean, cause he said it's a marathon, right? You got to take care of yourself. You have other family members you got to help take care of. You got other responsibilities you got to take care of. You know, you got tomorrow's still coming. No matter what's happening tomorrow will Mm -hmm. still come at the same time every day. You got to deal with that. And you've done a tremendous job too. So, yeah, yeah, it just, it, it did clue me in. Holy shit. My wife does a lot. 
What the fuck? <laughs> that also does not surprise me. A, a new damn. level of appreciation. <laughs> I'm like, I thought I did a lot. Jesus Christ, this woman is a fucking machine. Yeah, but that, yeah. Sounds, that sounds like, you know, on brand. Yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah. sounds right. Absolutely. But anyway, that's yeah. obviously what I'm looking forward to. Of course. John, what about you? You know, I'm also looking forward to your wife's recovery. Strong Thank lady. You. Love her, yes. too. And uh, our, our hearts our hearts go out to you, just like all of our followers and listeners do, too. Uh, on the media front or related, I have a few things I'm also looking forward to. There's a new film coming December 1st, uh, directed by John Woo, called Okay. Silent Night. Ooh, this is a horror. revenge film that takes place on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I love Christmas revenge film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So from the trailer, it appears there is uh, there's like a, a drive-by shooting, a couple cars shooting at each other, and some collateral damage, friendly fire. A man and his family in the front mm. yard get shot. His son is killed. He's shot in the throat. When oh. he recovers, he can't speak any longer. But Silent Night, here we oh, go. Oh, uh, Joel Kinnaman. That's yes. right. That's yes. right. Yes. And so right. he is now okay. exacting revenge on all of these gang members that through reckless abandon caused his family to be destroyed. It looks mm. so good. December 1st. I want to see it at the theaters. It looks great. Um, I'm going to play more Mr. Run and Jump, as I said. Try to schedule a live stream. I think that'll be a lot of fun to play and learn more about. We talked about that earlier in the show. And then just this morning, I read about a TV series I'd given up on. The Curse <laughs> of Oak Island. Island on the History Channel. Still around. That one where they're digging and they never yeah, find anything. That's, that's right. The they just bastards. discovered a seven foot tall tunnel, a cavern, a hundred feet down, bigger than anything ever discovered. So I've got to catch up with this show now because it's no longer <laughs> bullshit. They're How finding big is something. this fucking island? Haven't they dug it all up now? Where do they get the ocean floor? They've dug a lot, but yeah, boreholes. Anyway, now something's happening. Now they haven't found Finally. treasure yet, but they think. <laughs> they pulled up a seven foot vertical beam up out of this thing, and now they've got to excavate down so they can get people down there and drain it. And yeah. I'd give it up on this show because it's more of the same I mean, every time. And now something. I watch the gold gathering shows all the time. Those yeah. fuckers could have had this island dug up in two weeks and found everything and been done with it. What are these well, people doing? It's 11 seasons. <laughs> yeah, 11 seasons. And there's a lot of restrictions on them, like there's, uh, the preservation of the island. You only use so much. You have to do it under yeah, supervision yeah. because of Nova Scotia laws and stuff. Weather. But Weather's yeah, also a big yeah. problem. It there only work about like, like seven months out of the year because then it snows solid and you can't. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Curse of Oak Island, more of that I'm looking forward to because now I got to watch a bunch of it to catch up. <laughs> Mo, how about you? What do you got on the horizon? Oh, well, on top of the uh, the Monarch show, yeah, I'm telling you, they're just really just fulfilling my Godzilla needs this year. New Godzilla movie from Toho in Japan called Godzilla uh -huh. Minus One, where they're basically redoing the original Godzilla movie. Oh, it's wow. It's the original production company. Like redoing a modern remake. With modern effects. Okay. It looks, the trailer, everything looks amazing. Uh, it comes out November 29th. I am already got tickets. I'm there. I think I saw it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, Mo. Have so you seen far. this? Yeah, yeah, I know. So it's, yeah. it's already released in Japan. So yeah, mm -hmm. I'm totally looking forward to it. I don't care. It has subtitles. I'm there. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> we talked earlier about Reacher, December 15th. Definitely yep. love yep. the first season of that. I've watched it, I think, twice through just because it was such a good show. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to a new one. What I'm most looking forward to is after years of waiting is... The day after this recording, new episodes of Doctor Who, the 60th anniversary right. show, mm -hmm. is yep. going to be on Disney Plus of all places, which is weird. Wow. Uh, Doctor Who? Wow. Yeah. 
they they bought the rights to Doctor Who. So oh. or they got show rights to show it in the United States now. So yeah, yeah. they're gonna be showing it in the United States tomorrow, 1 30. My daughter's already bugged me, like what time I'm coming over to her place. Yeah, watching so party watch together. Go. Yep, we're all gonna watch it together. But um yeah, looking forward to it. They brought back David Tent. I mean, oh, it's, it's gonna be amazing. So looking forward to that. Nice. Mm. All right, a lot of great stuff. Look, before we leave, I would be remiss if I did not, as always, send out our tremendous thanks, even more so in light of George's recent family problems to all of our amazing fans and supporters, particularly those of you who head over to patreon.com slash genxgrownup and put in a monthly pledge to support what we do on a regular basis. George said it, talked about putting fuel in the tank. It does it on so many levels. Yes, financial, motivational, emotional, all of those things. I kid you not, what we do is work. It's work we love, but it's work. (laughs) And those patrons help keep us doing it on every level. So thank you. If you'd like to join them, you can do for as little as a dollar a month. Just head over to patreon.com slash genxgrownup and you too can be a supporter of Gen X Grown Up in all of its iterations here on YouTube, the website, the podcast, everything. And if you are a patron, you have an opportunity mode to get one of your questions answered right here on the show. Yep, that's absolutely. So yeah, if you are uh, any level member on Patreon, Mm -hmm. submit questions. We're going to be picking up those Ask the Gen X Hosts question segment uh, starting our next episode. So again, if you have any questions out there, I have some already from uh, some of our great patrons out there, but always looking for more interesting, fun, slightly embarrassing questions that you could ask us. (laughs) Slightly embarrassing. (laughs) The embarrassinger, the better, probably. Wow. (laughs) New words. Yeah, Yeah. just made that up. New English. (laughs) That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. Don't worry, we'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week, that's our backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic to dig in deep. And this time of year, we leverage the backtrack to bring you our Gen X grown-up geek gift guide. It's right here at the beginning of December, the holiday shopping time. And we're going to give you on many tiers, regardless of your budget, something that you might be interested in picking up for the geek in your life. It's going to be a fun show. It always is every year. You don't want to miss that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We all appreciate most of all, and we cannot wait to talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Okay. Oh, there you are. I'm back. Oh, are you guys back? Yeah, I see. I see everybody now. Everyone just sort of froze for a minute. Yeah. Everybody froze on my side too. I thought it was me. Yeah. Oh, okay. you're fine. Here, John, I think. John, can yeah, you hear John. us? Yeah. You hear us, John? John did. He He's not responding. I don't think John can hear us. He's gone. Oh. <laughs> He's probably going to sign back in. Are you oh, back now? I can hear you. No idea what happened. Yeah, but it was he just cool. froze. I, it, it, yeah, Mo is frozen, yeah. but he's still here. He's just grainy. Yeah, my video is frozen, but I see. I hear you guys. Oh, yeah. I can see you. <laughs> we could just leave your video like that. That's funny. Oh, there we go. Now you're back. Okay. <laughs> Let me try again. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. 
Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.